the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. We are at Hump Day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day. We're closer to Friday than we were on Monday, and that's a good thing. I will warn you that starting later this afternoon, the rain is going to move into the area. They're saying tomorrow, three inches of rain. Flash Flash flood warnings are up all over the place, so be aware. Lots of rain coming in. The bottom of my yard where I live at is at the bottom of a, kind of like at a, on the bottom of a hill on the ridge. I live up on the ridge. If you go out to Cabot and you go to Greystone, there's a, a large hill as you're getting to Greystone, the golf course that you go down the road and it goes, Ooh, wait, wait, on, okay, wait, on Highway 5. I live on top of that ridge right there. And I happen to live two houses from the top of the ridge so when it rains all the rain passes me okay it goes down to the bottom of the hill and uh, i'm going to tell you what the bottom of my yard it's usually about the middle of june before it dries up and i can mow the lawn down there so it gets all weedy looking and everything and anybody nobody ever says anything because they know what what the problem is so anyway it's the way it is. I'm looking over at my guests right now, and they're all they're shaking their head. Are, is it that you're not awake yet? Is that what the problem is, Nathan? No, I I deal with the same thing. I live in a low area, and I'm waiting for it to dry out. Right now, it's like a sponge. Yeah, especially it, in Cabot, it gets it gets pretty soggy out there at times. You know, as far as that goes, I don't know how Holland Bottom Farms does it with all their strawberries and stuff when they get that much rain that it doesn't drown all the plants. Might be the secret. Yeah, that probably is the secret out there. All right, Nathan Jeffers is here. Dr. White, I was kidding him when before we came on that I felt like I was doing Reservoir Dogs uh, here because uh, there's a Dr. White in Reservoir Dogs. So it just was fun to have him on today. We're going to talk about the new emergency hospital that's out in Cabot. I don't know if you've noticed it. It's out there on uh, Willie Ray, and uh, you can't miss it. I mean... It's this beautiful new building that sits out there. Mm. If you're on 89 and you're heading downtown, uh, you can't miss it because you're going so slow because the traffic sucks out there. But you know, <laughs> as you're trying, as you're trying to get over, uh, get past the hospital there, it's it's really cool. And you know, you got a great hospital when they build it next to David's Burgers. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you got, you got to love that. You really, really do. How long has it been now, Nathan? Has it been a little over a year that you guys have been open? It's It's been a little over a year, and if you ask anybody like Dr. White, I think he'd say it probably feels like five years because of the pandemic last year. But yeah. we opened our doors um, in October of 2018, 
2019. Yeah. See, it feels like longer. Right. Um, but ever since then, we've been open. And so 24-7, 365, always there for emergency care. And you can walk in, and it's a no-weight hospital. Yeah. And that's really one of the things that sets us apart. Well, it came in handy for me. I had uh, a infection on my foot that would not clean up. I got MRSA. And they had me on a, a pick line mm. to to try to kill the stuff in my bloodstream. Got a little got a little nervous about it after a while, and it came un, undone. And I was bleeding like a stuck pig. And I went over to your guys' emergency hospital. It's a doctor box. Doctor box. Okay, who was there? And uh, he did very. He took very good care of me. I walked in as soon as they saw me, and my shirt was all red. That they needed to get me to the back and they they took me to the back and he saw me he says oh yeah we take care of that so they got working on it and you know i wasn't it's not like i was near death don't think i'm not going to try to give you a story like that but it does get a little worrisome when you look down at your arm and it's red i mean deep red from all the blood absolutely it is an emergency for you at that moment that's what's that's what's the the deal so it is your emergency at that moment and we got you taken care of in a, in a timely manner. That's the most important I was in and out in 30 minutes. Yeah. It was incredible. I mean, really seriously, I normally go to the emergency room. You're going to be in a room, and you're going to be waiting for somebody to come by and see you. And what always gets gets me about a lot of the hospitals is they, they close the curtain so nobody can look in at you. But how do they know you're there? You know, it's a nurse that's all mm-hmm. you're not the doctor. How's the doctor right. know where you're at? You know, I just get kind of I get kind of funny about that. But Dr. White, you and a group of other physicians, I don't know exactly how many it was, decided to build this hospital. That's not a small undertaking. I mean, what what you know possessed you guys to take this on? So there are eight of us who are owners um, of the facility. Six of us actually work um, every day in, in the facility. One of us is always there. And we're all emergency physicians from, from central Arkansas, and we've all worked in the bigger systems. And we just felt like there was a better way to um, do emergency medicine. Um, we felt like there was a putting the putting the focus back on the patient, and we felt like the best way to do that was actually to form our own hospital uh, again, to do away with a lot of the corporate structure that you see and bring it back to uh, uh, let the physicians be the ones making the decisions as far as how things um, are run. And, and again, a lot of it is about speed and efficiency. Uh, a lot of the reasons why you see overcrowding in other hospitals is because there's a lot of other things going on. There's surgery departments, there's cardiac cath labs, there's um, huge inpatient um, facilities and, and OB. And, and so we don't have a lot of that. So it allows us to be very efficient, focusing on what we know to do, which is emergency medicine, getting the patient. Our, our motto is get back to life faster. Um, again, the one thing that we all have, it doesn't matter where you are in the socioeconomic um, hierarchy uh, of our country is time. Everyone's got the same amount of time. And our goal uh, has always been speed, efficiency, getting the diagnosis and getting you home. And so we want our least uh, utilized portion of our hospital should be our waiting room, and it is. Okay, so I, I know when I was over there, I was amazed that there's an MRI there. I mean, I really was. That's that's not That's not a cheap piece of equipment. That's an expensive piece of equipment. 
It it is an expensive piece of equipment, but it is an absolutely necessary piece of equipment this day and age when you're talking about healthcare in the United States. An MRI is expected to be there, expected to be part of the protocol. Someone comes in with severe back pain. I mean, to have that MRI available, um, someone comes in and they're having a stroke or something like that, to have that MRI available, I mean, again, it is just another piece of the puzzle, another piece of getting that diagnosis and uh, being very accurate in what we do. Um, so that is why we decided to put an MRI in our hospital again it's just, you can't operate without it is what it amounts to okay so you got x-rays regular the old regular old x-rays all right when you say you just gotta go get an x-ray now it's, it's not an exotic thing anymore when i was a, a young kid that was an exotic thing that and the fluoroscope that was that was a big thing back then too but uh then you got ct scans mm-hmm. as well you got the mri and then i thought this was interesting bedside ultrasounds Right. So we have an ultrasound tech. If, if uh, let's say that you're possibly some right upper quadrant abdominal pain and you need your gallbladder looked at, we call, uh, we have a tech who comes in and she brings the ultrasound to the bedside. So you don't have to leave the room. Really, the only reason you're going to leave your room once you get there is if you are going for an imaging modality other than ultrasound, which is brought to you. Our x rays, for the most part, are done at bedside as well. So Very cool. Yeah, yeah I, I just got to tell you, when, when I had. Uh, I've had my gallbladder taken out, and when when that when that struck, it woke me up in the middle of the night, and I woke my wife up, and I said, you're going to have to take me to the emergency room, and she says, why? I said, because I've got a pain in my gut that I've never had before, mm. and I said, and it's painful, and she says, okay, so they took me, and uh, man, that stuff, it made me sick. I mean, it really, really did, and then I had to wait for a week for him to take it out because it was infected Mm -hmm. and so you know no water no nothing finally they took it out on an early saturday morning on friday they told me here can have a couple ice chips yeah man i never thought ice chips could taste that good i was i was in bad shape that was not fun at all but yeah it's great that you got all of this there because um, how about kidney stones things of that nature you guys can handle those we see a lot of kidney stones. I don't know. Um, again, I don't know if it's something we've got in the water here. And they say we see a lot of kidney stones. We, and again, it's it's very satisfying seeing people. It's not satisfying seeing people come in hurting, but seeing someone who has a kidney stone, they're in severe pain. Yes, you know, they we are. Give them immediate relief, knowing that we are. You know, a lot of times when someone comes in with a kidney stone, you know just almost immediately. You could I call it the kidney stone shuffle. You see these people that they cannot get comfortable. At all, and being able to, you know, immediately get relief. Our nurses are very good about initiating protocols when someone comes in. I mean, again, we're right there immediately to see the patient to initiate treatment. The CT scan again with a kidney stone. I would re- I would believe that we can get someone in and out within an hour with a kidney wow. stone. Have and more importantly, begin to make those connections because a lot of times with a kidney stone, if it doesn't pass, you're going to need to see a urologist. We've got relationships established with the consultants and with the specialists that you're going to need to see our plan is to have you that follow-up appointment um, before you leave or at least have the connections made so that when you call the specialist they're going to know that they need to see you and that this is not just here we're going to just release you back out and you've got to figure out the rest our goal is to bring it back to kind of the small town 
doctor feel where we're making that connection for you so that you feel like, hey, I know what my next step is because so many patients leave. They don't know the next step. They don't know what to do from there. And again, they're just kind of lost again uh, as far as what the follow-up needs to be. So our goal is to make that connection for them, just make it nice, make it easy, um, and more importantly, get them back to life. Yeah, I know I was talking to the pastor of my church. I go to New Life Church there in in Cabot, and James Bennett uh, was relating to me when he had his kidney stone attack and said, he, you guys weren't there yet. And he had to go to one of the bigger hospitals here. And he said it was two and a half hours before they even saw him. And he says, I was curled up in a fetal position on the floor in the emergency room. He was really in a lot of pain. Yeah, and I think that's one of those things, you know, we talked about the pandemic felt like it took forever. When you're in pain and you have to sit in a waiting room, Mm. two and a half hours feels like two and a half days. I mean, it's just magnified because every second you're just retching in pain in the fetal position, like you said. You know, when when you're hurting like that, it's like being in a movie and you see the movie and they show the clock and, and as the second hand goes, click, mm-hmm. click. That's what it's like. <laughs> that's exactly I'm just saying right. that's exactly what, it, what it's like. Talking to the folks from the Cabot Emergency Hospital, it's uh, 18 minutes after 6. We're going to talk further with Dr. White and, uh, and uh, Nathan Jeffers here in just a moment. But first, let me remind you about St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. Uh, they will deep clean your home up to 2,500 square foot. Uh, they charge 300, but if you do it through us right here at 101.1 FM, the answer will save you 50%, only cost you $150. They do a fantastic, a literally a fantastic job. Uh, the lady that owns St. Clarity Residential train, uh, Cleaning, the reason she does so good, she's from Cabot. I mean, that's what it is. Cabotinians are great people, what can I tell you? And uh, they got a great, great business They've had to hire more people. Makes me happy to say that for them uh, to meet the demand now for their business. And they get down and they clean the baseboards. They get into the corner where we don't want to get down on our hands and knees and scratch out, you know, the built-up crud that gets in the corner. So they do all of that. I will guarantee you this. After they get done cleaning, you can, uh, if you walk out of your house and walk back in, it smells a heck of a lot cleaner than it did uh, about five hours before. It takes them four or five hours to do this. So save yourself some money. Uh, Mother's Day's coming up. I can tell you that that would probably be a good present for your for your mom. Uh, 150 bucks to get your house clean, deep cleaned. That's a great bargain. It really is. And it's St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. 150 bucks. Call 404-6560. 404-6560. Uh, do it after 9 Talk to Chuck. If Chuck's not there, Lynn will talk to you here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. 6.23 in the morning. It's going to start raining later this afternoon, and the rain won't stop until Friday. And they're saying we're going to get a total over the next about 36 hours of uh, about four inches of rain. Most of it coming tomorrow, uh, 2.7 inches. It's going to be wet. Mm. Slow down. Don't try to get someplace really, really fast. Just know, and it's going to be those torrential downpours. That's what I'm understanding. So be be aware. Uh, Nathan Jeffers is here. He's the, are you like the communications man? Is that what you are? You know, I'd take that title. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a title? Uh, I'd be the marketing and business development director. Okay. There we go. 
And then, of course, Dr. White is here. He is one of eight doctors who went together and uh, formed what, a consortium. Is that right, the right word? That would be a good word. Okay. Uh, and they opened up Cabot Emergency Hospital. Uh, they opened it up back in 2019 in October. And, uh, you know, it's been sitting there in Cabot. And then the pandemic came. And it's like everything went screwy here for about the last year. We're starting to get back to normal now. Uh, it's nice to go to Walmart. And more people are not wearing masks than are wearing masks, to be honest with you. And I, I enjoy that. In fact, they've taken all their signs down about masks now. And when you go in, there's not people there counting you and and uh, saying, uh, well, sir, you forgot your mask. And, you know, it's all that kind of stuff has stopped. But we're talking about the Cabot Emergency Hospital. It, it is really a, I guess, a Class A hospital. Uh, it's got everything that you would need for an emergency. They've got billboards up. You've probably have seen them. And it, it says, why wait? And I agree with that. When, when there's an emergency, you want to see somebody now. In fact, probably I'd rather have seen them last hour than the hour that I'm waiting right now. And uh, Dr. White and the doctors there, uh, they, they're, they're staffing that, that, that hospital 24-7. 365 days a year is that right i mean you're open all the you know disease and and sickness doesn't stop on christmas people get sick on christmas i know that's hard for some people to understand but people get sick on christmas there's somebody there to take care of you that is absolutely correct we are always there one of us will always be there and uh, i think your gallbladder um that you talked about earlier kind of speaks to it it's two o'clock in the morning yeah, so, that's about what when it happened. At, you know, and, and it's amazing how much stuff like that happens at 2 o'clock in the morning, and it just feels like that there is no one there, but but we are there. And, again, our goal is a no-weight solution to your emergency, um, and so that's really what we strive for. You would, you would love it. Back when this happened to me is when they would still give you stuff that they take, took out of your body, you know, if, you, if they had to do an operation or whatever. And I've got gobble, uh, the, the the stones, and there were six of them, and they're all about the size, half, half the size of a walnut. They were big. I mean, the doctor was like, I don't know, they were doing it laparoscopically, and, and he was worried that he's not going to be able to pull the gallbladder out, that it was so full of stones. I was drinking too much beer at that time, I guess, yeah. all the salt. They can get big. And, and you know, when you talk about kidney stones, you're talking about a uh, possibly a two-millimeter stone, which doesn't sound big. or a, uh, But the problem is is that the ureter wasn't made to pass a two-millimeter. <laughs> it, it will, ultimately. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Painfully. Absolutely. And, and you think a stone, oh, nice. No, I mean, they're, they're like little uh, bits of sand and gravel pushed together. Yeah. I mean, they're very... Uh, abrasive and and you know when you've got a kidney stone there's only one thing you can think about is the relief of passing that kidney stone and and so uh, again it's just it's not many times we'll have people actually pass the kidney stone while they're with us in the department but a lot of it's about getting them relaxed getting them the pain control and and more importantly figuring out what you're dealing with so that you can figure out the next step yeah i've seen microscopic pictures and they get like, uh, you know, they're, they're irregular shaped. And then some of them have like a spike sticking out of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm only thinking, 
and not supposed to be passing something like that. That's correct. <laughs> there's a reason it's painful. <laughs> yeah, there is a reason for for all the pain that happens as far as that's concerned. Uh, I just want to run over your all three primary slogans. You, you gave these to me, Nathan, and they're good. Get back to life faster. Why wait? That's on the billboards. I mean, that, that to me, that's a, a perfect, uh, you know, marketing statement because that's the key you want you want to be seen and you want to be seen now and then your emergency matters sometimes you go to big hospitals you don't think so much you know you know there's somebody sneezing over here and coughing and they take them back and you're sitting there dying out in the waiting room in a normal emergency room what people need to understand is that the reason the waiting room is full is because all the rooms in the back are full. I think people have a misnomer. They think, well, well, you know, there's surely there's room for me back there. There's not because people are being admitted to the hospital. People are going to surgery. People are having other things done. They're waiting on rides. They're waiting on a nursing mm-hmm. facility to come and pick a patient up. So it ties up that bed. And so what happens is is the back door to the emergency department is where those patients have to be discharged in order to let more people in the front door and that's where the process slows. There are some absolutely fantastic physicians. I know um, many of the emergency room physicians in central Arkansas. And, um, again, they want to see those patients quickly. All right. Hold that thought. We'll come back. we got to get to the news. Let's do that right now. Hey, don't forget about East End Towing. One of the great things about uh, East End Towing is they try to give you information about what to do and not to do if you're going to need your car towed for instance if there's an accident uh you know what happens after that 911 call that you make to have you know a police officer come out and and visit and look at the accident scene and what's the process going to be then well know that when the police arrive they're going to take a report okay that's the first thing they got to do and if your vehicle needs to be towed that you can't drive it uh you have the requ- the right to request the tow service that they use. You don't have to use whomever they're saying. Now, I will tell you this much. I I had uh, two tires go out on me during one time, and it was during the time that 67-167 was the corridor of death out there. And I, I, was, I had it all blocked up, all right? Uh, they didn't ask me who they wanted to tell me. They just came up and hooked me up and got me out of the way, which I, I understood. But you have the right to say who you want. And I think that you should call East End Towing. They know what they're doing. They'll take good care of your car. They're not going to rip up the front bumper and things of that nature. Uh, they're not going to just put a hook on you. They've got the flatbed trucks and whatever to pull you up on and get you out of the way. And uh, just know there are rules and regulations that have to be followed by tow companies. Be careful about finding out what the impound rules and things are because that can cost you some big uh, money. So bottom line, call East End Towing when you need them, 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. Last time I used them was several years ago uh, for my son, I was out in Arizona. I was in Glendale, Arizona, and visiting my son-in-law and my daughter out at uh, Luke Air Force Base. And 
I get a call from my, at that time, uh, about, I think he was probably 30 years old, and he had backed his car up into a ditch, and he was stuck, and he called me and said, what should I do? And I said, son, I'm in Arizona right now. Here's what I'll tell you to do. Call East End Towing. I gave him the number, and then I hung up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it, it just was really, yeah, your kids, they just do great things. Anyway, East End Towing, that number again, 501 888 and uh, 49. Doc, I'm going to tell you what. I can tell when my sugars are right on my diabetes because my vision gets sharper when they're when they're in good shape. Took it this morning's 96. It's good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, we're talking with Dr. White uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm glad that you joined us this morning. We're talking about Cabot Emergency Hospital they're over on Willie Ray. Uh, it's right off of 89. As you go over the bridge, and you know if you live in Cabot, you know what I'm talking about. You go over the bridge. You're going downtown. And uh, if you look to your left, uh, you're going to see it. If you're coming out of downtown and you look to your right, you're going to see it. So if you're coming from Kroger, you're going to look to your right. And, then, and you're going to see it there. It's right between Kroger and Walmart. How's that? trying to make it as easy as possible to know where it's at you really can't miss it it's a it's a beautiful place do you see that they broke ground by you guys you see what they're building yeah car wash yeah all right that's cool yeah you know if you got to go get your car washed after because you got blood on your car yeah there you go <laughs> it's gonna be close to you uh, that's pretty morbid dave <laughs> calm down all right again let me run over some major points here for you about cabot emergency hospital 100% physician-owned. Who to know better to run a hospital than physicians? Not a, you know, not, not a board, but physicians, okay? Uh, board-certified emergency physicians with over 130 years of experience. They're open all the time. And I'm not saying just until midnight. No, they're open 24-7, 365 days of uh, the year. They got a complete radiology suite that includes x-ray, CT scan, MRIs, and bedside ultrasound. They have an on-site lab, so they don't have to send out your blood work to somebody else. They can take care of it themselves, and they have a pharmacy. And here's the most important thing. You're the person they're centered on, the patient. They're, they're centered on you guys. You get, you're getting one of your endorsements right now on the air. You like yes. that? Is it my, it? Am I hitting it right? It, it helps. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Just letting everybody know because it's, it's really important. Uh, what are some things that folks should know other than what we've gone over, Dr. White? I mean, expediency is number one for you all. You got the necessary equipment to take care of most major emergencies. I mean, I, I know that you don't have a uh, a lab yet to go in and, and check for, on heart attacks or something like that but uh I'm, something tells me that in the future there probably will be something like a, a you know a lab for for that kind of stuff so with um so when you look at a, the bigger hospitals they've got cath labs they've got surgical suites what what our goal at cabinet emergency hospital is is to basically get the diagnosis uh in a much more rapid manner so if you come in with chest pain and you are having a heart attack, you will be transferred to another facility. But 
The point is, is that at another facility, you might have been waiting in the waiting room while you're right. having your chest pain. We have relationships through our many years of, of working in central Arkansas with uh, cardiologists at all of the major hospitals, uh, with surgeons at all of the facilities. So if you've got an appendicitis, what we're going to do is make the diagnosis faster. We're going to talk directly to the surgeon and we're going to have you transferred to the facility a lot of times by private car as long as it's not something that is truly life-threatening to go immediately to surgery so again we're trying to do our best to bypass a lot of the hiccups is what i'll call them that you find in some of the other facilities um where things slow down uh with with heart attacks and stuff and things like that i mean if you're having chest pain we do have testing where we will look to see if you're having a heart attack through laboratory testing, through um, an EKG, anything that you would find in any other emergency department, we will do there. A lot of times it's a matter of you are not having a heart attack, but you need very close follow-up. We will make that call to the cardiologist if you don't have one established. Say, hey, here's what's going on. You know, Mr. Smith or Mr. Um, Roberts is having chest pain. needs to be seen. Uh, we think it'll be done as an outpatient, and we'll get you an appointment right then with the cardiologist so that, you, again, so that you know what your next step is going to be. Orthopedics is another big area where we see a lot of kids with broken bones, a lot of adults with broken bones. And, again, we're going to call that orthopedist and make for certain that you've got that appointment for your, your follow-up and that you know what's going to happen and that the orthopedist, more importantly, knows that they're going to be seeing you. So the orthopedist will know that you're going to be coming Again, just that personalized touch of making sure that you know what the next step is. Most emergencies, we get them handled. You're going to go home. Very few people these days are admitted to the hospital unless they're very, very ill. It's just the way that everything is going toward. Our outpatient therapies are so much better than what they used to be. Um, so, again, the goal is to get, is to try to keep you in your, in your home, uh, get you through the pain, get you through whatever we're dealing with, Get you in, keep you in your home, not admitted to the hospital, and um, get you back to a, a better state of health, knowing who you're going to go see if the problem persists, if we haven't gotten it completely taken care of. All right, so let's talk about a heart attack, all right, just real quickly. You guys have your own lab right there. Uh, people probably don't, they think that they got to go into a cath or something like that for them to know that you're having a heart attack. That's not true. They look at your blood work because they can start seeing that heart muscles being lost and they know you're undergoing a heart attack then. So, I mean, you guys can get that information real fast. Yes. Our, our troponin takes about 15 minutes total from the moment that your blood comes out of your vein until we get the result is about 15 minutes. Again, a lot of it's also done. It's really the, amazing. It is. I mean, seriously, that's amazing how fast that is. It, it, it truly is. I'll, also, you know, we're using other modalities of the EKG, the chest X-ray, mm-hmm. you know, looking at your electrolytes, looking at your blood count. So there's a lot of things. That, more importantly, it's just the clinical picture. How do you look? I mean, if you look like you're having a heart attack, but things aren't adding up again, we're going to make that call. We're going to get you where you need to be right then. Uh, and again, because we've got relationships established with cardiologists around the area, it's very easy for us to do that. We've right. got their cell phone numbers. Basically. All right, so <laughs> there you go. You know, uh, when we come back, I want to talk with the doctor and to talk with. Well, we got to let the doctor go. I'll talk to Nathan. The doctor's got to show up for work right now. So anyway, we'll let him go. Doctor White, thanks for coming in. Thank it's you, always Dave. a pleasure to have you here. We we'll have you back in the future, and uh, maybe we can get to several of you in at one time, and we can open the phone lines up and let people call in. 
We're not going to prescribe. All right, just let you know right now, that ain't going to happen. But uh, we will talk to you about, you know, I, this happens to me. What are you thinking? They can maybe direct you to the right kind of people to talk to. But Nathan's going to stick around. You stick around. We got more to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, rapid testing for COVID-19. That's important so you don't have to put yourself on quarantine maybe. Uh, maybe find out you don't have it so you don't have to do that 645 let's take a break more coming your way here on the dave ellswick show all right we move into the final segment of uh, this first hour of the dave ellswick show coming up next hour just so you'll know uh, we're going to have uh, senator kim hammer in state senator kim hammer state senator mark johnson and uh, we're going to talk about the session with them long day at the Capitol yesterday over SB 298. We'll talk about that. I don't even know if it's totally over about that yet, but we'll have the latest for you. Uh, Also, uh, Ken Yang will be stopping by, and uh, Wayne Beach will be stopping by, too. So a lot of different voices coming in to talk about what's happening politically uh, over at the Capitol. But let's get back talking more about Cabot Emergency Hospital. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. But when COVID hit, it changed everything for you guys. Right. Okay. So before we get into the story about when COVID happened, how did things have to change at the hospital? Let's talk about some of the great things that you're doing at Cabot Emergency Hospital. Uh, and people want to get it. They, they need to get a test or whatever. Mm-hmm. You guys can do it in 15 minutes. We can. And, you know, it's advanced so far from where we started. We were actually maybe the first in the state. I don't know the exact timeline, but it was late June, it seems, when we had the first antigen tests and could do rapid tests. And at mm-hmm. that time, it was you know a week and a half or two weeks, and you were done with COVID before yeah. you even got your results <laughs> back. So, right. I mean, testing was a big deal at that point. And so we went from uh, you know really not knowing anything about COVID to testing you know tons of people had lines out to the road just to be able to get in and we would process you know just multitudes of people through every day to get their test and just figure out if they had it or not okay so the tests that you guys do now are you sticking that uh, real big q-tip up people's noses still it's still a q-tip you still have to do a nasal swab i don't think it's quite as far um you know we're not tickling the brain quite quite as much yeah because you guys went up way up into the sinus cavity for that didn't you Right, right, and it's still a uh, a nasal test, but um, now what we can do is actually look for a range of things. Before we would have to swab a couple different times to get maybe a flu test as well as a COVID test, okay. or maybe for a kid an RSV test. Now that's all in one swab, so we can just do one test, put it in, and you know, fifteen thirty minutes, you have your results in hand and know exactly what you've got or don't have. I'm going to find out about it because I got to have one on Monday because I got surgery next Friday. Uh, I got, I got. As I try to tell people, they're going to go work on my water works a little bit. So uh, I got to have a COVID test before I have it. I'm vaccinated, but they want to make sure that I don't have it. Right. And we do that a lot for pre-surgeries. We also do that for people traveling. Um, You know, if you have to go out of the country, a lot of countries require you to have a certain type of test. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a big deal for us to have someone come in and get a quick result the next day or the same day for them whenever they need it so that they can go international. That, that's really important because, you know, and it used to be you'd go in, you get the test, then you had to go self-quarantine until the results came back. Well, there's a big difference between, you know, 15 minutes and maybe three days 
where you went back home and sat in your bedroom for three days and you know avoided the rest of your family right and and it's changed as we've learned more about it i think we've gotten a little bit more comfortable um you know you look back at in january when we knew nothing in in 2020 to today we had to evolve a lot and i think that is a lot due to our physicians because they're our owners they can make quick changes you know we have a a group text message or a phone call and that can make a decision if we need to move the chair as dr white will always say we can move the chair we don't have to go through three different committees or a board to See, that's to really important you guys look let me just do it i'll do it like it if it was world war ii hmm. there's difference between turning an aircraft carrier and turning a pt boat right your guys are like the pt boat right if you have to make a decision you don't have to have 50 other people. It's just the eight guys making right. their decision. And and when there's something like a pandemic that happens, the faster you can pivot and get to make a difference in your community, that's what matters. And so that's what our, our guys were always about was how can we make a difference for Cabot, for Jacksonville, mm-hmm. for, for Searcy and BB, the places around us that really needed testing at the time. Um, and you know, it, it wasn't easy to change processes. That's still kind of a, we have to think through it and figure it out. But credit to these guys, they were always on the ball. Okay, so when when COVID-19 came out, all right, scared the bejeebas out of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were, they were really nervous about it. How did it change the way you guys had to do work inside a hospital? For instance, yesterday I needed to send pa- back a pair of, of of tennis shoes to Amazon. Uh, FedEx is at the Walgreens, and I went over to Walgreens, and they didn't even want me to touch the tape that they were taping the box up. They didn't give me a receipt. They sent it to my phone because they didn't, you know, the corporation that owns Walmart or not Walmart but Walgreens is saying to, to people, we're going to be even more careful. So, I mean, how did that change things for you? Oh, it was it was night and day. At that point, there was no such thing as a drive-through service. I mean, mm-hmm. the only drive-through was an ambulance coming in to pick up or drop off a patient at that point. And so we had to pivot to screen at the front door, take temperatures, do a questionnaire. We also had drive-through service. You know, and as we've evolved a little bit further in our testing, now we actually can do a closer evaluation because we do have quicker testing and we can actually look at the patients that maybe have a more severe case of something and figure out what's going on with them. And so we can do diagnostic testing um, but PPE, you know, that's a, uh, it's a normal thing that would go on in, in most hospitals. It, right. it took a lot more PPE, and thankfully, you know, uh, the state helped us with, with some of that along the way because all of the hospitals, none of us were prepared for what it took to be able to appropriately, you know, dress all of our nurses. Well, you, you dress up and you see a patient, then you got to rip everything you got on off, throw it away, and put something new on. Exactly. And you can't leave that area. Because then you expose the next area you go to. So lots of changes, you know. Uh, it was a constant shift in the early days. Yeah, I can imagine what, for you all, that had to be a nightmare. You know, it it probably would have been. But I will, I will credit our physicians because their leadership during that time was instrumental in making sure that we were prepared. I never felt that we were underprepared. We didn't know all of the details of COVID at the time, mm-hmm. but I knew that we would approach it the right way because our, our guys always had the mentality of we'll do the right thing when it comes to it. 
So here's what's important about having this emergency room uh, hospital uh, there in Cabot. Let's say it's the middle of the night and your son or your daughter has an upper respiratory uh, you know, infection. And that can be scary for a parent. You can't get in to see a doctor at that hour. They don't. If you didn't know, they don't make house calls anymore. Uh, you know, they don't show up with their little black bag and come to your house anymore. But uh, you could go over to Cabot Emergency Hospital. There'll be a physician there that can see your child and determine, you know, does something else need to be done? Right. And and there's twofold there. You've got a, a child that may have to miss school the next day because they don't feel well, but also a parent that if they go to any other ER, they may have to miss work because they're going to lose all of their sleep. Yeah. You're, you're going to be worthless the next day. So our door-to-door time, you know, maybe 30 minutes or something like that. When you walk in, you'll go straight back and see an emergency physician. And I think that's the big thing. Sometimes it's just peace of mind. People mm-hmm. want to know, are they going to be okay? If I just take them home and put them back to bed and give them some Tylenol. Can I go and see my primary care doctor tomorrow? And our, our doctors are glad to say, here's what's going on. Here's a plan of treatment that we could do tonight, or here's something that might be able to get you through depending on severity. But regardless, they'll give you an appropriate diagnosis that night. Now, I'll tell you what, I've raised eight kids and I got 13 grandkids and you got a one year old and they're running 103 fever mm-hmm. and it's the middle of the night. That can shake the best parent. I'm just telling you, that can shake them because you start getting to 100, 304, you're starting talking, messing with the brain. Right. So you want to get them looked at and, and seen. I'm just so happy now that I'm up there in Cabot. I can, you guys are not more than 10 minutes away from where I live. Right. And I'm glad that you're there. I appreciate that. You guys, do, you guys do a great, great job. You really, really do. And uh, do you guys give tours? If somebody stops by, will you let them see I'm the place? I'm glad to give them a tour. Come in and ask for Nathan. I'll show you around. Yeah, you want to see it. It's a really impressive place. Nathan, thank you very much for coming back. Thank you, uh, Nathan uh, Jeffers. Dr. White was here earlier. A great guy. Knows his stuff. And so do the other seven physicians. And one of them is always there for your emergency. All right. We'll be back after the news. We've got a couple of state senators stopping in, a few other people. Going to have an interesting conversation, I'm sure. And I'll be talking about Cabot Emergency Hospital for the weeks to come. All right. Stand to. We'll be back in just a few moments. Normally, on a Wednesday at this time, 
we'd have Congressman Hill and Congressman Westerman, and we'd be doing our little trip up to Washington, D.C., telephonically and finding out what uh, the, 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 the nut job Pelosi's up to or uh, the idiot Schumer, uh, little Chucky Schumer up there. But uh, we're not going to do that today. I think it's important, as I always think it's important, that we talk about local politics as often as we can. And I have not bothered many of the politicians during the session. They have been very, very busy. Your your uh, state senators and state representatives have been busy, and they have been doing a lot of good work. I think this has been one of the most successful uh, sessions that I've seen in the 20 years that I've been covering, covering the session over at the, at the Capitol. Uh, I've had people say, well, they're doing all this culture war stuff. Look, we only did the culture war stuff because Washington forced us to do culture war stuff. They're the ones that fired the shots, Ken Yang, not us. Well, to that, I slightly disagree with that. We're doing the culture war stuff because, uh, you know, I know the liberals and the left push it, but Republicans time and time again have failed to stand up to it. And so, you know, here in Arkansas, um, we've had in the past Republicans who failed to do that, but now we've elected some better Republicans, and they finally decided to stand up and push back. And that's the only thing that Governor Hutchinson got right in his Tucker Carlson interview is it's a culture war. The problem is we've lost since 2014, and <clears throat> this is the first session where we're finally winning. Who was it? Ed uh, it was Buchanan. That told us culture war was here, and it's only gotten worse since he gave that famous speech at the convention. And everybody says, "Oh, we've lost the election now." Yeah. You know, maybe we did, but the bottom line, he was telling them the truth about what was going on. The left has been and has continued to try to change America as we know it. It accelerated under Obama, and it's gone to warp speed now under Biden. Now, the reason you all are passing some of the laws, uh, uh, when we look at the uh, the transgender, you know, surgery bill and all the other stuff that has been passed, is because uh, the federal government and the Democrats want a centralized Soviet government up in Washington D.C. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they passed uh, that equality law. On the House side, haven't got it through the Senate side, but through the House side, you guys had to do something. And the only thing that you could do is to set up your rules here to force it all in the court. I mean, isn't that bottom line? Let's well, start, let me let me start with Kim. All right, let's get Kim in here. We got State Senator Kim Hammer and State Senator Mark Johnson here, uh, both old hands uh, with the with the Senate. Mark Johnson's been a Republican here in the state of Arkansas. Well, he said he's known every every governor since Faubus. <laughs> That's going back, man. I'm just telling you. Did you know Dwight Eisenhower? No, I, I remember when he was president. I'm though. just saying. I mean, just, <laughs> yeah, as far as that. But how about you, Kim? I mean, there's been some real fights that have been have to be waged right now. There have been some real fights. And I think if you are having to reclaim ground that you surrendered earlier, uh, you can expect to fight because – they have been entrenched and they have 
you know, solidified their positions. They've gathered people around them to support their positions. And as a result of it, anytime you try to take something away from somebody in order to get it back to where it should be and should have never left from being, you're going to have some real fights. And, um, you know, they'll bring in every tactic in the book um, except for the facts. And that's where we win. I think we win on the basis of the facts. And that's what we've done this session with each one of these issues and each one of these arguments is that we have presented uh, factual, documented, uh, in some cases scientific, especially when dealing with you know medical areas, medical mm-hmm. conditions, uh, emotional, psychological conditions. Uh, we have just presented, and the legislators, I think, have come in and, and not just taken it for granted that we have a, re- a Republican-controlled legislature, and they have come in and built solid cases when they made their you know, when they made their pitch to the committees and then subsequently to the House of each one of the chambers. That's why we've been successful, because the other side, you can shoot hole in all their arguments, and you just have to have people there that have the guts to say, I don't care what they're going to. And I've, I have experienced can- cancel culture. I can say I know, I know you have. I can say I know what it's like, you know. But, hey, guess what? I'm still standing, and the sky didn't fall. So uh, I think we're just – I think we – conservatives are just going to get stronger and stronger the more we weather the storm and the more we endure their tactics and the more we show truth and put light on the dark senator johnson did you have you gotten a lot of calls from just the the average joe and joette out there thanking you guys for what you're doing I'm not completely sure. I've got about a thousand emails. I've got to catch up on day. But but let, <laughs> let me comment on what Kim said. First of all, I want to tell you, that's the hardest working guy in the legislature, right there. I see how many bills he carries, and, and he does a radio he's... show too, yeah. and preaches on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, I guess Wednesday and other times too. But uh, you know, it, people, I, I always kind of shake my head when people say, "Oh, Arkansas's changed; it's become a red state." Hey, let me tell you something. The party's changed. People of Arkansas haven't changed. They've always been conservative. They've always been God-fearing people. Uh, I can remember my first full session when I was there every day was 1973. I was 18 years old. I was the reading clerk in the Senate. So I got to see it. If you brought those guys in and put them in the gallery this session, and remember, in the Senate it was 34 Democrats and one Republican, they'd have looked at this madness and arguing over whether or not it's okay to do sexual surgery on a minor. And, I mean, they'd say, they'd say, what in the hell is going on in this state? <laughs> I mean, those people weren't crazy. And that's the kind of thing. It's You don't have to stop and think about most of these issues. They're just, they're, you know in your gut what's right and wrong. Right. There's a few that's just nuanced, and I, I appreciate that. But, you know, the vast majority of the things we see, they're, they're pretty straightforward or they're routine budget type things. But some of these things, there's no gray area at all. It's And how anyone could even rationalize some of these things is beyond me. But uh, uh, it, the culture war definitely was here. and, and you No, can, it ain't going anywhere. And you can see it in so many places and in so many issues. It, it, it transcends uh, what you would normally think, think it is. But uh, – my district is interesting, though, Dave, because I've got this West Little Rock and Ferndale area, and then I right. go all the way up to Clinton. So I've got wow, more that's rural. Just a long way. But it, it you know, the, my people are, I mean, the Second Amendment is uh, the most important thing after their, their religious freedom. And uh, you, you just see these things. Ken works the family council. Yeah, I was Jerry just going Cox's been my friend for 
forever, it seems like. Yeah. And I remember when they first started coming to the Capitol, you know, they couldn't get any traction on things. I mean, Jerry would laugh about how they'd have a pro-life bill in Senate Judiciary, and the bill would come in, and no one said a word. No motion, no nothing. Right. And we've gone from that to being the most pro-life state in the, in the country. So people will Watch up. Oklahoma. Governor over there says that they're going to be the most pro-life state in America. Well, they, good for them. That, that's yeah. Competition improves everything. It's good. I'm glad to, to, to feel that way. We just hope more get in the race. You know, because if you got – if you and there is some regional competition. You don't want to be the last one standing as far as being – the last state that is pro-life so i think that that is working to our advantage as far as other states realizing you don't want to be the last one in line when it comes to being a pro-life state no so we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and when we come back i want to talk about how does it feel to be leading the way on some of the legislation that you have passed during this session you guys are i mean i'm, I'm here in other states now that are saying Boys that think they're girls can't compete against girls. You all led the way on that. Let's talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Our guest, let me run down the line. We, Wayne Beach is over. He's being quiet right now. He's our citizen activist today. I've got Ken Yang here, who is the chairman of the Celine Republican uh, Party and works with the Family Council. They do a great job. I've talked to, to Jerry uh, uh, Cox on occasions in fact he called me i think it was last night days run into each other but i think it was last night because he was wanting me to talk to the homeschoolers who were graduating uh coming up uh, in a couple of weekends and i couldn't because i gotta have surgery and i'm just not going to be up to to make <laughs> stand up there on the stage days or whatever. ran into nights last night <laughs> yeah i'm sure you did <laughs> i'm just telling you but the bottom line is that also here we've got uh, state senator hammer state senator johnson you hear uh, State uh, 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 Senator Hammer on Saturdays. What time are you on there? I come on at noon. High, High noon. noon. All right. Clock's ticking when he comes on. He does a great show, by the way. You can also catch it on uh, uh, Facebook Live and catch it on uh, his YouTube channel. He's got that as well. So I'll be back with these guys in just a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. First, I want to talk to you about my guest, Who's going to be on Friday? That's Pat Davis. He's going to stop by, and we're going to talk about health care. And it, it's a mess out there. Health care is a mess. It really, really is. Here's what the federal government's doing right now. They're giving larger subsidies uh, for people to afford health care. Well, Thomas Jefferson said many, many moons ago, the government that's big enough to give you everything is big enough to take everything away. And there are more than a few people who are saying that those subsidies are going to drop significantly and the cost of your health insurance is going to go up even more significantly. And that's where Pat Davis comes in. He can help you, you know, forward those, those times when things get crazy. I mean, he has a way of doing it that's different than everybody else. Uh, I'll, I'm, I'll let him try to explain it to you on Friday, but he'll save you 30 to 50% on your health insurance. And we're talking health insurance and not a share plan here. We're talking real, actual health insurance and any provider in the nation. 
he's going to give you a health plan that if you're self-employed, it's going to save you big money. Uh, he can do a health plan for your business that'll save you money. The man knows what he does. How would you like to have a health care plan that has no copays? Don't you get tired of that? I, I did. Walking in and first thing that you're going to have to do is, you know, lay down your debit card, your credit card, or if you still wrote a check or if you had cash. I don't even know if they take cash anymore. Uh, you know, they ask for 75 bucks just to see the doctor. Uh, you don't want to do that. You want to get in and see the doctor and get taken care of. So think about that when you're thinking about your health insurance, and Pat Davis can help you with that. Call him at 501-605-6935, 501-605-6935, or go online to Your Health Plan Man. That's one word, yourhealthplanman.com, and talk to Pat Davis. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, uh, 723 if you're heading to work. You might want to put the foot down a little heavier as you make your way to your job. Uh, we've got some great guests in today. Like I said, I haven't had many people on. Uh, we've had a few people on. We've Over the last few days by phone, uh, we've talked to uh, some folks because of SB uh, 298, which personally I thought was an overdue bill, all right? Whether there was problems with it, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I know that uh, I know Cody uh, Cody Highland had some part problems with it, but here's my th- part of all this: we have an overreaching now centralized government that wants to take away our basic constitutional rights. We have a president that is on record of saying that. Constitutional amendments are not absolute. All right. President President Biden has said that. When he, and now he was saying it in retro to, to the Second Amendment. But that goes for, for these people. That goes for, you know, the First Amendment and everything else and in between. So you got to protect yourself from it. Exactly. And, and Dave, you know, the, the federal state tangle, the the sorting out of federalism predates the republic. You know, the Constitutional Convention, you know, they, they fought about it, and, and the Federalist Papers were the the propaganda piece to get people to ratify the Constitution, and ultimately the, the promise, which was fulfilled, of the Bill of Rights was a quid pro quo to get the Constitution ratified. If so, the Tenth Amendment had not been in the Constitution, Virginia would have never signed the exactly. Constitution. Exactly. And, and, of course, it was the biggest state and the most important state at that time. And and uh, uh, people like uh, Patrick Henry and, and George Mason had dug in their heels on it. And uh, the, the, Thank you, Mr. Mason. Indeed. But that, that's <laughs> the thing is, though, that, Dave, that we've, we've been dealing with this a long time. But this this time is when we really have to watch it because they are they literally will ignore the ninth and tenth amendment and in some cases they ignore the, the con- they ignore the constitution come yes. on look at hr1 yeah. yeah oh my god it's and, incredible. and you know people talk about this dc statehood thing dc statehood dc is constitutional it's described in the constitution in my opinion to change that status would require constitutional. that's exactly amendment. right you're exactly you, unless right they just give it back to maryland mm-hmm. they've already given the virginia side back 
So that's kind of interesting. I mean, is this not true, you know, Kim, that we're at a position now that we've got the pushback? I tell the story of Indiana when I was there in the 90s, and that's when Clinton had all of his unfunded mandates. And uh, there was something that he came up with that the Indiana legislature didn't just say no, they said hell no. And uh, he said, you will do this. And they said, well, you give us the money to do it if you're going to do it. And they, they weren't putting any money into it. So what Indiana did is that they withheld all of the federal gas taxes. They took them and said, okay, we'll use this money then. Well, about six weeks later, suddenly that unfunded mandate went away. And, Dave, if the states will stick together, it can make a big difference. Remember, and I'm not going to go one way or the other on whether it's a good idea or not, but the federal government says if you don't enact a helmet law for motorcycles, you lose your federal highway funds. And every state did it except California, the biggie. They just had so many motorcycle riders that they, they rose up and said, we're not going to do this. And the feds backed down because they weren't going to take California's highway money away. So if we if we stick together, on the, if the states will we'll do like, as many have, all of us between the two coasts, uh, I think we can make an impact. Is that when Governor Moonbeam was in there? Yes. <laughs> Should I just say it? And people have elected him twice. That doesn't I'll give do, me much I belief in the electorate. Actually, I, I'm just yeah. uh, go ahead. Dave, Dave's being nice. I mean, less, less, a little less nice because uh, <laughs> we're talking about local politics here. You know, we're talking about 298. So it seems like there's this constant struggle between federal and state government. You two, Senator Hammer, Senator uh, Mark Johnson, get it. But people that went up and spoke against 298. They should be out there advocating for shutting down the marijuana stores then, too. But there aren't. They, exactly. they, they, they pick and choose. So, like, what's wrong with your colleagues, like the Senator Pro Tim, that can't decide whether he likes federal law or state law? What's wrong with some of your colleagues? Like, that's a, I, I, you know, that's again, a great point, I, I, I Ken. genuinely want to know, like, well, why, why do some Republicans think they get to pick and choose which federal laws they like and which state laws they don't, don't like? y'all talk to them so y'all must not have some insight of why 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 it's, it's a struggle between the republican republican senators ken i don't think they think that deeply as you do i mean in the, in the heat of a session and all that this, doesn't sound very deep to well, me I'm, and, and that's Mark, what, I'm just not intelligent people but when you're overwhelmed you know being in legislature in a session is like drinking from a fire hose. i got you and and i'm, I'm not going to defend them but I'm, i think the answer to that kid is these are smart people that sometimes they just haven't thought stopped and thought about it yeah i think the focus was on the defending of the citizens because of the push that's being motivated out of arkansas that created the feelings of threat on the marijuana issue um i think that you know that is something that should be looked at and we either need to make a decision we're either going to enforce it or the federal law, the feds need to legalize it and Let's just have that battle once and for all. The The issues are two totally separate ones, although I understand where Ken is coming from and why why do we treat one thing this way, but we treat another thing the other way. Uh, part of that is because there's a lot of tax money coming in with the marijuana now, and you've got to throw that into consideration. Uh, number, money decides things? Right, well, and, and well, now, and number two... <laughs> And number two, what kind of surgery are you having? Brain surgery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and and number two, we are there is this 
depressing I need you to threat. keep your thought. Okay. All right. We'll come back get the two here in just a second. Stick around. All right. Now, I've been telling you for several weeks that if you own a home and you're wanting to sell, the market is in your favor. There's fewer homes on the market, and money is pretty cheap right now that you can get to buy a home. When that happens, it, the pendulum swings your way. And right now, you can sell your home if you really want to move it. I mean, for some people, mowing the grass, trimming the bushes, and planting flowers appear, appeals to them. For some other people, not so much. Look, I live on a corner acre lot. I, I get tired of cutting the grass and, and trimming the trees and the bushes and stuff. But other people really love to do that. They love the outdoors. They want to be outdoors. I want to be outdoors, but I want to be sitting on my deck by my pool with an adult beverage and catching some rays. That's that's my idea of enjoying the outdoors. And a uh, guy by the name of Devin up in uh, Cabot, out in the area that uh, I live in, wanted to move outside of the subdivision and live where he could open his back door and see a whole lot of green grass. I don't know if he's looking for the wildwood weed or, or what it was, but the bottom line, that's what he wanted to do. But before that dream could become a reality, what did he need to do? He had to sell the house that he already owned in Cabot. So he talked to a few agents, but then he met Dustin. And uh, Dustin talked to him about his marketing plan. And in the first weekend, the first weekend, he had all kinds of offers over list price. And uh, Devin's home sold for $8,000 over list. With the extra cash in his pocket, he was now looking for his dream home that he's always wanted. You could be just like Devin. Uh, go talk to the real estate agent that I would talk to if I were selling my home right now. And that is Dustin Turner. His number is 501-952-2969. 501-952-2969. Or you can go online to hometeamsoldit.com. That's hometeamsoldit.com. Dustin Turner. Don't forget that name. 737. We've already got through the first half hour. Holy cow. Flew. We got to second half hour to go and we've got uh, state senator kim hammer here state senator mark johnson here appreciate them both coming into the studio today to talk they've been i mean they've been kind of like a one-armed man in a paper hanging contest i mean that's basically the way it's been for them so i've left them alone and kim i tell you i typically don't leave him alone i'm usually you know getting a hold of him and saying what's going on with this what's going on and i do it with mark too and I appreciate you texting me the other day because I thought because we were redistricting, everybody was up for re-election. And you were correct. And so yeah, you you confirmed that with me. And it's always nice that Ken comes in and, and that, uh, of course, uh, Wayne comes in as well. But you had a point that you were making, and you stopped and held up at point two. Do you remember what point two was? I remember what day of the week it is. Right now, the, the remember, point, just a few hours ago, we yeah, were on the floor. I know yeah. you were. The, uh, the the point I was making was uh, because Ken had drew the question about you know why aren't we as engaged on other issues that are breaking federal law uh, like marijuana compared to what we're dealing with in uh, the House Bill nineteen fifty seven, what was two ninety eight. 
I think probably because this is uh, the most egregious threat that is coming down from Washington that's playing out to be real and not just perceived when you give a you know when you give the uh, direction that the Biden administration is going which incidentally uh, you know I listened to Rush still on your show uh-huh. and it's almost like it was prophetic what he said and what the Democrat Party are actually trying to do all the way from packing the court to trying to make DC a state and I mean it's just like written right out of the playbook and so I think we're taking what is the frontline enemy, and that is the assault to come after our weapons. And, I mean, give it to them. They are very tactically sound in that they are trying to go after uh, the manufacturers of the ammunition, going after taxing it, uh, going after, uh, you know, marking it so it can be traced. And I think we rose to the occasion of what is at the forefront of the battle that, and rightfully so, if we don't, if we don't maintain the Second Amendment right, you can just put everything else behind that because you, unless you're going to, you know, play with spitballs and rubber bands, uh, you're going to you're, you're not going to be able to have anything to defend yourself beyond that. So it rose to the occasion very quickly. We've responded. Uh, I want to shout out to uh, Senator Gary Stubblefield. He took the bull by the horns on the front end, and you know we're finishing up with uh, a similar but different product. And so we are, you know, we are positioned to be able to fight back against the federal government overreach in the area of Second Amendment rights. Gary Stubblefield is another one of my favorite conservatives. Mine, too. He's the kind, he's the kind of guy, and you guys can back me up on this if you want, but when caucus meets, he don't talk a lot, but when he talks, everybody listens. Is that not true? He's a real conservative, and he's a... A, a genuinely great American. Yeah, I, he really is. He's a great guy. And 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 I, I, he he was a, he admitted there were a few technical issues with the uh, his bill, and we but this would have been a simple deal if it hadn't been right at the end of the session, Dave. We would have, and of course, we ended up passing it pretty handily. But you know, we got into some you know like having to go in at twelve oh one and like that but the point is that you know it, it the the republicans were generally united on everything but uh-oh we got some and i tell people if it weren't for the law of unintended consequences we could get in and out of a session in 30 days but somebody you had a good bill everybody likes it and somebody says well what about such and such uh-oh we got to fix that and and while this is higher profile we have a lot of smaller and less relevant bills that are in that same category yeah. and, and that's one thing we need people to understand uh don't judge us by the beginning of the process don't judge us by the middle of the process don't even judge us by the end of the process pro, uh, process judge us by the end product because the end product is what we're all going to have to live and i know people watch the videos now that we're live streamed we're very transparent dave you've been pushing for that for years you know so that now all committee meetings are you know aired and you can watch and while we're sitting there, we're getting text messages from people that are watching from all over the state and all over the nation. For That's that great. Matter. That, I love that. That is great. That is great. And sometimes people, I think, look at us and think, "My gosh, who you know who opened up all the cages at the zoo and let them all out?" <laughs> but the reality is. Iron sharpening iron, and that's what we had a whole lot of this session, probably more than I ever remember in the time I've been down there. But judge it by the product that is produced, not the process that produces the product. And let me just say, ironing sharpening iron, it's conservative iron sharpening a lot of 
wobbly need Republicans that need to find a backbone. And you guys have sharpened them up. Let me say one thing. Or I separated them out. Yeah, I want to brag. True. I want to brag on on Kim just a little bit. Uh, I say we. It was a group of what about six or eight legislators. Kim worked on a, a series of of election reform bills, and the ones that the left calls voter suppression bills. But uh, Kim carried the heaviest load of those. I carried a few more. I think I had the toughest one. We didn't get it passed, but you know, I tell people, you know, if you bat over 300 you can get in the hall of fame so that's I, right I, I feel good about our, our bill but but that that package and the way we work together and how we we did that i'm very proud of of being that and proud of my colleague over here that uh uh took it on and and we we we, we made it we made a dent in it we made a serious dent in it and, I, and if my old friend that was a b-17 pilot used to say you know when you start catching flack you're over the target that's right and the, the leftists that were at the Capitol yesterday, a good example of we were over the top. I heard about and I heard about uh, Joyce Elliott was there with her with well, her crew. Yeah. I mean, when you have Nicole Clowney go to the floor and say, this is just like the Georgia laws, which which means that she didn't read the bill. Of course right. not. <laughs> she probably didn't read uh, yeah. the Georgia law yeah, either. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, you're, you're doing the right right thing. So Yeah, they you guys have done really good. The best one that I like, to be honest, and now, now Pulaski County had it coming. When you guys zeroed in on them, because in the last election that was ridiculous. But when well, they still there. got it coming, yeah, yeah, they still got it coming. Good, good. Because I, I tell you what, Mark Lowry, give him all the credit in the world as he was well. Part of our coalition <clears throat> when right. he when he went in there and said, "No, you don't get to sign a piece of paper saying you're X, Y, and Z. You're going to show an ID." That was a big piece of legislation as far as I'm concerned. I was Senate co-sponsor, and let me tell you how hard this was to get done because he had tried to work out something, I guess, four years ago on the initial voter ID law. And so they're throwing that up in our face to try to stop it. But Mark held firm on it because it had been abused. It had been abused in so many ways. And and we had to respond. You know, it's a chess game. They make a move, and we've had to to counter the the bill that we didn't get yesterday i mean we've got to watch that that last day of early voting because that's when they bring in the newly registered people vote them there won't be time to update in some counties the poll books and so they'll turn around and take them to the polls again on tuesday just watch we got to be vigilant vigilant about that yeah go ahead Jim. well I see that smile. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> my show this week is going to be on taking the bills that we did and going through them. And we are going to have a meeting, uh, maybe late May, June, where we have asked the chairs of joint performance review. And we will be bringing in people, putting them on under oath and testifying. We're going to be taking the um, depositions and bringing in people that, I witnessed some things, and I think that those that voted against— Pulaski County, maybe? Well, and maybe beyond. <laughs> and maybe beyond. Okay, well, good. Yeah. I want it all cleaned up. And I think that some of those people that voted against early voting are going to regret the day that they voted against it by the time we get done with this. And the idea—you know, when you use the term voter suppression, you know what that means, don't you? That means I don't have a good argument. You've caught me red-handed— and so I'm either going to play the race card or I'm going to play the voter right. suppression card right. because I don't have a good argument and you caught me red-handed, so I'm going to try to intimidate people in their vote. That's why they are up in the, I always call it the balcony church term, uh, 
what do you call it, gallery. You know, they were in the gallery up till 1 yeah. o'clock last night. And I think there's going to be some things interesting that are going to be coming out about those groups. And, I, and I, I'm going to say it right now. I would have loved to have won the early voting bill as far as taking Monday off, still leaving 12 days of privilege to vote early. I would have loved to have won it. But I think because we lost it, it is going to keep it out there at the forefront to as we bring out things, it's going to show even better to the public, as long as the media reports it right, that... Come on would, my show. You know it'll get reported right here. Well, we will come. Uh, but the stage is set, and by it being beat, it would have just went away, and we would have been blamed as being suppressionists. But now, because it didn't get beat, it creates and leaves open the door to continue what we started on before this session began. So, quite honestly, I'm kind of glad it got beat. hurts a little bit. But how many how many bills did we have? Fifteen. Fifteen, I think. Him, yeah. Gosh, fifteen, a 15 you election a bills. Bit, you guys are a little slow on. And they were all open and transparent. <laughs> they were all open and transparent, issue by issue, not all grouped into one big bill that mm-hmm. was amended in the in the last twenty twelve twenty four hours, trying to get it driven through. So that's my soapbox. All right, we got a break, and then we'll come back. I'll expect to see you guys back here to start talking about what you're. Uh, alluding to uh in the future here on the dave ellswick show do you got questions about filing for social security uh you know you can get the answers in a simple easy to understand booklet called your guide to social security it's over from david lucas financial in north little rock it's a 27 page booklet that outlines what you need to know and that could help you get even more income when you file for social security If you're within five years of filing for Social Security, get this free booklet now by calling 501-222-3315. As a bonus, you'll receive a free customized Social Security analysis that will pinpoint for you the optimal time to wring every nickel out of your benefits, and you should. You've been paying on them for for how long? You should wring every penny out of the benefits that you have coming. Pick up the phone, call right now, 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. All right, we got about eight minutes uh, left. It's gone very fast this hour. We're going to have to set up another two-hour show. Uh, we just have you guys in and talk about this. I'm, I'm going to bring in the Republican women here next week, I think. I'm going to try to get Lundstrom and... And, and some other people come in and talk about all the great things they've done. And and Kim made, a, I think, a very astute saying uh, or a statement during a break. And he said, it's great to have the Republican women because it, it makes a difference when you're running pro-life bills. You want a, you know, I mean, reality is if Mark or I sat down and ran certain bills, you know we would be discounted even though we have the facts just because we're white males but you get a female to sit down and present an issue uh such as abortion or uh sexual assault those kind of things mm-hmm. uh it just makes a difference and that's not a criticism it's not a it's an observation that people can relate that this could actually happen to you that's right um and and i think that opens up the door of opportunity and that's why i think we need strong republican women who are not afraid to stand up for what's right not just to be part of the of the good old girl system 
but that are bold to stand up like and i'll give you an example not to single any one of them out but robin lundstrom i sat in the committee when she presented she's that my, bill I, I i want to say hero but i'm going to say the old word she's my heroine yeah yeah uh and and we have got to have we've got to have people from all walks of life that can stand up and would be i'd be willing to be identified with conservative values so that people can relate and connect because they identify with those folks mm-hmm. as long I as agree. it doesn't violate what is our platform okay wow are we talking about this <laughs> that thing that's right we yeah. keep that we keep that uh, handy all the time so we can talk about the principles up front but after you read the principles then go in and start reading the preamble let me just read a a, a sentence and then mark i want you to talk about some things you did about gold and silver and it, and it says we as members of the body politic of the state of arkansas will protect and defend the rights of our fellow arkansans guaranteed by our bill of rights generally and the ninth and tenth amendments specifically thank you guys well, Dave, Dave talked a lot about the ninth amendment this session and i thought it was relevant yesterday you know the ninth the tenth amendment of course we know what it says that they're enumerated rights and then those other rights are reserved to the states and to the people but the ninth amendment basically says we have these natural rights they're god-given and if we forgot some of them and didn't mention them we still have them that's right that's right they didn't go anywhere they're still there and i think we we carefully did that with the the house bill 1957 i'm not saying they did it at that you know cerebral level but it was a good bill and it it went back to article two of the arkansas constitution which is the enumerated rights section. and mark i think mark brings up a good point and that's what i would like the listeners to understand that when you see us as republicans and you might see a snippet on tv or facebook or social media post you gotta understand this that the vast majority of those that are at the capitol right now in this generation of legislators we are going to argue with each other. We are going to disagree with each other. And we are going to fight with each other. And we're going to get over it and we're going to move on. <laughs> it's because when it's all said and done, we we may be the mix that's in the battering bowl and we are the you know whips whipping us around. End of the day, as long as the right product comes out, forget about all the other stuff because that's just part of discourse. As long as we're you know, we're we're civil toward each other and you know, as long as we you know have good values toward each other but as long as the product comes out that's desirable to the conservative values to our platform at the end of the day don't judge by the process judge it by the finished product all right mark you wanted to talk about gold and silver a little bit well i we've had a good session i wish we could have cut taxes even more i think we're going to uh we're we're reducing we're reducing the taxes on used cars. I want to thank uh, Representative Payton for digging his heels in, and yes. and, and we, we got that through. Uh, it's not as big as I would have wanted it, but it's in the right direction. Uh, for years, Arkansas was one of about 12 or 13 states that were taxing gold, silver, bullion, which is an investment. It's just like a stock or bond. We shouldn't be taxing that. Plus, it's killed all our coin shops and coin shows that create economic value to our state and tourism. Uh, so uh, I had a bill two years ago. We couldn't quite get it going, uh, but people liked it. But, you know, it was a budget situation thing, not the, the merits. 
And this year, uh, Representative Hawk from uh, Salem Springs joined me on the House side, and we got the bill passed. She got it off out, off the floor yesterday. I think it got 93 votes. Wow. And uh, uh, it's, the governor's going to sign it, and we're no longer going to tax your gold and silver investments. Uh, now, if you buy a coin that's made into a necklace, that's taxable. That's jewelry. But these are this is no different than why would you be taxing someone's stocks and bonds? You pay capital gains when you sell them. Yeah, ask Biden about that. Oh, he's, <laughs> but, the, but you don't treat them as both, David. I understand and, that. And he, will. The other. But, he will. But we've, we've got a, a good surplus, and uh, we're in the best fiscal shape I think we've been in a long, long time. And uh, I think as the economy grows, we'll be able to cut taxes even more. By the way, would one of you call Massachusetts and talk to Smith & Wesson and see if they want to come to Arkansas? Doors wide open. There you go. I'm just saying. Because Massachusetts is going to put them out of business. They need to right. come. They're going to continue making guns and ammo. Come we, on. We need to market ourselves as a conservative state because that means those that come will make us even more conservative, whether that's business or whether that's people. We've got the brand. We need to sell the brand. All right. State Senator Kim Hammer, State Senator Mark Johnson, thank you so much for coming in today. My pleasure. We'll get you thank back you. on. We're going to have some time to start talking about the session more and what came out of it and why should we be proud of it. Ken, I'll see you next Wednesday. That's good. And then, uh, Wayne, we'll see you. I don't know. You always stop by. Anyway, <laughs> Dave Ellswick Show. Tomorrow, uh, J.R. Davis and Seth Mays in the first hour, and then uh, Joe and Duck for cars in the second. See you then. Start at 6 a.m.